God, I hope the 300 sucks so much. I will laugh so hard if Alex and Jerry's excitement has been for naught. I'm not kidding. If I will not feel like my $10 is wasted if that is the worst movie ever. Actually, I think it's $13.50. $13.50 for a movie. Only in America. I can't believe we're showing up an hour early. This sucks. Yeah, we're leaving at 8.30, dude. I'm bringing my Game Boy. Fast karate. Joel saved me here because I was about to say, really wishing my girlfriend bought home saltwater taffy that wasn't just mint, which is the worst flavor. Wait, salt and mint? Well, they're okay. You know saltwater taffy. You know what that is, right? Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> You're aware of it? Well, you know there's a mint flavor in that variety pox you always get of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we got one that was just mint. Saltwater taffy isn't good anyway. Yeah, it is. No way. Well, then you're wrong. I... No way. Saltwater taffy is the most slamming of the jammer. <laughs> Saltwater. Oh, that's the worst candy in the history of the world. I wouldn't say it holds a candle to a good brick of fudge or a Butterfingers bar. <laughs> but in a pinch, it'll get it done. Saltwater taffy is one of those holdover candies from the 1920s. That it's, it's like the Moxie soda. It's like, oh, yeah, everybody loves Moxie. Nobody likes Moxie. They've all just grown up drinking this shitty cola. Like licorice whips. Like black, <laughs> black licorice. licorice. Black licorice in general. There's a lot of terrible. Nobody candy liked that out there. in 1930 either. Or red bean. If some, if you go to Japan yeah. and someone offers you red bean anything, kick them in the nuts because it is terrible. Really? It's awful. What is it? In fact, it, I think I've had it. Yeah, and it is bad. Well, it's because Japanese people didn't have sugar until Europeans got there. Yeah. So they had to use all these stand-ins for what they considered sweet. sweet. Yeah. And apparently red beans, which are not sweet, were I the like sweetest thing Japan had. That's good. Well, yeah, but that's, that's different. Down it's not supposed to be a cooking. candy. It's like, oh, yeah, this red beans and rice is just like candy. I'm from Japan. I love red beans and rice candy. I don't think they eat red beans and rice. They don't. That's some soul food. <laughs> Get some fried chicken and some collard greens. I was watching The Office the other night, and it was like some diversity training thing. Oh, I've seen that one. the boss is like talking to the black guy in the office, and he's like, I love colored greens. And he's like, the black guy's like... It's collard greens. It's collard greens. He's like, no, that's racist. We don't call them collard people. (laughs) The Office is one of the... Oh, Brilliant, hilarious! Steve Carell is a comic genius, even if Little Miss Sunshine sucked the butt. Okay, we're talking about memories of the way we were. No, just on memories. A memories of the way we were in, Tokyo, in the future. Stink bombs while in cannon town. Cannons. 
Memories is a collection of shorts overseen by renowned director and manga artist Katsuhiro Otomo, who's the guy who made uh, the best movie ever, Akira. Take that. Akira doesn't define anime, just everything that's good about it. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't define anime. Because if you define anime, you'd have to be talking about moe and slave girls and sundere's which is like the chick from love hina yeah uh what's her name whatever the main girl is naru naru sugawa or whatever it's a girl who likes you but shows it by punching you in the face which i think is kind of hot but they don't do it in the way that i would like to be punched in the face let's say (laughs) let's not delve too deeply into my sexual fantasies you like watching those groin kicking videos don't you the what You've never heard about those? Stepping on people with high heels? Yeah. I know, it's awesome. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about memories. Uh, so memories is divided into three parts, much like uh, Neo Tokyo, which we watched some time ago, which Katsuhiro Otomo had a hand in directing the third segment. Um, I think he actually directs the third segment in this, but uh, that's the only one. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure his is the third segment. They all kind of came off really similar to the... Um I don't know. I feel like they... Uh, yeah, the weird these, one. The yeah, these one. all follow the same arc. Uh, the no. well, At least Neo-Tokyo and this one follow the same arc where you have two stories that are, I guess, sort of somewhat... At least they're, they're entertaining and, and discernible. Yeah. And then you have a last one, which is stylistically interesting... Yeah, it's actually it's sort of very interesting stylistically, and but kind of in uh, incomprehensible. Even conceptually, it's kind of it's a it's a, it's a cool sort idea. of thought provoking concept. I mean, the, obviously the the concept of like you shouldn't throw yourself into violence or whatever that that's what it's saying. It's uh, that a country that commits itself wholly to war loses its humanity, whatever. There's not a whole lot of time for it to exposit on this. But the idea is that you're wasting your time if all you do is war. But that that's not a new concept. I mean, that's been around for, you know, a few thousand years. It's still kind of a neat idea to express through animation. I think I'm going to enjoy that this will be somewhat of an antidote for the 300 that we're going to see tonight, which is all about, yeah, like... pornography. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to love every second of it, I'm sure. However, when I leave the theater, and probably two days from now... I'm just going to think about my soul all shriveled just and black like at the City. core of me. It's like, man, I like Sin City, but it seeing makes a me chick feel like her I, hand cut off. Yeah, The fact raped. that I like Sin City makes me think I'm a bad person. Pretty much. <laughs> so, Memories it starts off with a bang. And the best segment is the first one called Magnetic Rose, which is actually, uh, it was written by Satoshi Kon, who's the best director in, hol- in anime right I now. I knew there was a reason I really like that. And it was Satoshi Kon. Yeah, it's actually, I think, the first big thing he ever worked on. Or the first thing where he had some sort of creative control. Though, I couldn't tell you for sure. But, anyway, he was the script writer on it. And it's the story of these space salvagers who are heading home after a mission or something. And they pick up an SOS call. They might... They're space workers. You don't know. I don't think it says they're specifically kind of like if the, they're salvagers. They are salvagers. They're, they're out... Well, they're really... They call themselves garbage men. They're yeah. out there removing dead satellites and things by... Yeah. Shooting them with a cannon that implodes them or yeah. something? Hap- by happenstance, uh, they come upon a distress call, which is well out of their way in this uncharted region of space. Called the Graveyard of Space. Yeah, they call it the Sargasso, which is... Sargasso's like seaweed. It's a, yeah. it's a very pirate metaphor 
basically. Sargasso is also the name of the skulls in Devil May Cry 1. Sar- isn't the Saragossa Sea something actually? Could be. I feel like I've heard that before, but I don't know. Somebody write in and explain it to us. So against the better judgment of the crew, they decide to go after it because like it usually is in these stories, this is the one big hall. It's like well, it's not uh, like it's the one big what's hall. What's that movie with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Sutherland? Um, virus, where they like oh, find yeah. an abandoned Russian boat and it turns Fuck, out let's it was go check taken it out. over by AI or something. A, vi- a computer virus shot down from space. Yeah, that was what it was. And... Uh, so they decide they're going to salvage it because this is going to be the big one. And if they I get thought they this, were just salvaging it because they were good people and they have to respond to a distress call. In uh, Magnetic Rose? Yeah. You think? Yeah, the cap, like the, the, um, they have to follow the maritime rules. Oh, they that's received what you a did distress say that. Signal. Don't you remember what maritime regs? The one guy, uh, what's his name? I don't know. Poncho. Yeah, the Mexican guy. <laughs> Miguel was his name. Uh, he has to go. He's saying that they shouldn't as he's floating around in his... Speedos, yeah. and I'm just like, please God, go on the rescue mission so this guy will put on pants. Yeah, you know, I guess after you get into space a while, space madness kicks in or whatever, and you, you find it perfectly acceptable walking around in a pair of coveralls first, with no shirts. <laughs> the first sign of space madness is a lack of pants. But anyway, so and they decide to go on this ship. And the topic of money is brought up at some point. Yes. Well, they, they're really excited at the prospect of... Yeah. Because they say that there's no more spaceships left. Everybody's already salvaged the crap out of space. Yeah. So these guys are just, you know, poor garbage men shooting trash with negative energy. Which is awesome. So they're really excited that they've found this thing that's as big as an asteroid. Yeah. I mean, the one guy says a vest. He's like, we could buy 100 houses in California for this. Like, this is their big paycheck Like that's going to put them on easy street. Yeah. But or all is, is not it? as it seems, as is usually the case. We'll say it's a little more creative than a virus from space. Well, actually, I guess that's pretty creative. But it's a little <laughs> less stupid. <laughs> it's better execution. And it's, I mean, this is actually just sort of a story retold. The idea of finding an abandoned vessel at sea yeah, and it, then... It's not a new story. It's like, it's basically the island of Circe told over and over again where you, you go to an island and you are seduced by a temptress into... You know, sort of stealing your soul, Staying or the Gorgons. Forever. It's all. It's the just sirens. That, yeah, the Gor- sirens. Gorgons is turn Medusa. you to stone. Whatever. They were or hot. Possibly a bull. Yeah, I'd hit it. Medusa would turn me to stone in the pants. <laughs> Never use that joke <laughs> on this podcast. So, are we going to talk about Circe every week now? Is that the new thing? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, it's an existing motif. I just can't. I I stopped reading anything that was like classically referenced. When I left college, yeah. So I'm well, just sticking to I'm sticking to the the roads I well, know. The the SOS signal is quite strange in that it's an aria from Modern Butterfly, which is an awesome opera. I have to go. I I mean I'm sort of I really like the magical flute. Like after you hear the Queen of the Night aria, which if you haven't heard it, you need to go listen to it right now because it's awesome. In fact, I have it, so I can email it to Dave and he can put it in the podcast right now. Nice. And. uh <laughs> So, you know, like, this, arias are the reason to go to see opera. Yeah. And Magnetic Rose should count as an advertisement for Madame Butterfly. You would have, it's like one of the coolest scenes in anime. When, Absolutely. Like, when he's like floating down that corridor, like approaching the ship. And it's like, made a hundred times better by playing. that song. It's a good opera, too. I mean, it's, it's cool. Pretty standard opera tropes, but it ties in perfectly. With the story of 
Magnetic Rose, which is like lost love, betrayal of love, yeah. basically, which is the idea behind Magnetic Rose. And I really don't want to spoil it because... It's not like it's a hard twist to gather, but there's some messed up stuff that goes on. All right, Dave, we can tell them, all right? In the future, military rank is connoted by your overall straps. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to spoil it, but Joel just had to go ahead. Everything. I mean, they had, there's this one guy, and the captain, the captain of the ship. Well, first of all, I mean, we've already revealed that Miguel's wandering around with no pants on, so you definitely know he's bottom rung. However, you think like top rung, it's like, you know, pants and shirt, you're wrong. Mm. Because the top rung is pants that are a shirt, <laughs> and that's what overalls are. Nice. Put those hands together. There's this old, like, weathered sea captain type. Who's of got course, this, who else would pilot the ship? <laughs> he's, he's got this two heart tattoos, and he's wearing overalls. Because he's the man? Is that why he's wearing overalls? Obviously. He's like, oh, when I get back home, I'm going to... Saddle up my horse and raise me some space hogs, just like I always dreamed of. <laughs> just like Papa always wanted. Smoking my corn cob pipe. And I'm like, why is this guy in overalls? If there's a puncture in this hole, he's effed. Like, there's unless the overalls. Space travel is so safe in the year 2092. <laughs> unless the it's like overalls, taking a bus, like a helmet would pop out of the shoulders and like cover him. It entirely. actually does that in the split second. As soon as it detects a change in pressure, it's like a life raft inflating. <laughs> you better hope nobody farts. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! Damn it, Miguel! Stop eating those bean burritos. God damn it, Heinz. Pero me gusta mucho. <laughs> they should have. They had this real international crew. They had. Yeah, it's German guy, Mexican guy, Japanese guy, and possibly captain guy. Arkansas guy. He's Nobody American. else wears overalls. He's American because the cool, the top rung is always American. Sorry, rest of the world. We're always higher than you. <laughs> it's true, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Until, Until China. China. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Magnetic Rose is super awesome and probably the reason to buy this. Yeah. It's kind of sad because it's a very quick downhill slant from there. The second, it's not really that downhill. The second story is Stink Bomb. Stink Bomb's kind of cool, and I mean, I don't know. We have to spoil it to a certain extent, but without giving away the ending. There's this guy, and he's got a cold, and he works at a... a pharmaceutical company. A pharmaceutical company. And he wanders into the boss's office, and he finds what he thinks is an experimental fever-reducing drug. And he takes it. But it turns out... It is a... Experimental fart drug. Well, it's a drug that turns him into the most powerful biological weapon ever conceived on the yeah. planet. Merely by being in his presence, people pass out. Or well, he starts producing die. a stench that yeah. kills people. They, he, they're definitely dying. There's no way. those Their eyes are open, and you know they slide off of things. You know, If you're taking a nap, your eyes are going to close. Not mine. I keep them open at all times like a cat. <laughs> Nobody a can shark. sneak up on me. No, they sharks little, never go to sleep. Well, no, they have an extra eyelid. What? Yeah. That's crazy. I don't believe it. So do alligators. What? Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> they have extra eyelids? The dinosaurs have extra eyelids? Dinosaurs have extra eyelids? How are we going to use our mace on them? Oh, crap. Mace was the only... They're invincible to bullets. So he uses the experimental drug, falls asleep, wakes up. Calls his boss, like, basically realizes everyone is dead. Yeah. Activates an emergency alert. Speaks with his, the superior of the entire company. And his, the superior says, bring the sample of the drug and all the paperwork to Tokyo. Unwittingly calling the source of all the destruction yeah. to Tokyo. 
And so the rest of the movie is this dude ensue. Walking, yeah, sort of terrible hijinks. And it's got this weird ska rock background what? music. It's like Latin. He's like, hey, 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 andale, muchachos. Well, anyway, it's got this like upbeat background. Awesome it's song. supposed to be kind of comic, but the story is really kind of dark. It, yeah. And I mean, I guess it, it's the whole, the point is that it's supposed to be sort of off the cuff. Uh, Doctor Strangelove approach to warfare, just sort of weird and wacky. Yeah, because this dude's a total crazy dude. guys. He keeps he kills an entire city. He's the only one alive, and he doesn't figure out that maybe there's something wrong with me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was just lucky. Maybe it was a disease that only strikes people who weren't taking naps. <laughs> Uh, Woo! The Damn, did I get lucky? They say that a lot of rest is a. Uh, it's an antidote to is a cure for most things. It increases productivity by fifteen percent too. But by the end, he's being followed around by this gaseous electromagnetic cloud yeah. that you know and keeps missiles really from. To get it. And he still doesn't get it. He just the guy's retarded, yeah. straight up. And you know who else is retarded? The Japanese military, because Japan is not a place that's easy to get across. Mm. This guy who got called to Tokyo apparently had to travel across the center of Japan. So go to Google Maps right now and look at a satellite photo of Japan. And then you're like, wow, it's hard as shit to get anywhere in Japan. It's a whole lot of mountains. So just box him in a canyon somewhere. Well, they blow up a tunnel finally at the end, but they don't seal the other end. Yeah, so he's already in the tunnel and they just blow up behind him. It's like, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. So now all the stench is forced forward. We're all going to die. Thanks mm-hmm. to the Japanese military. Fortunately, he can't cross the ocean unless he gets a pilot's license. <laughs> Which he'll never, be, he'll never be able to compile enough flight hours. He'll kill a supervisor. That's true. Of course. Who's going to stop him? Are you going to stop him? <laughs> what, is he going to get in the simulator? Dave says, yeah, just like uh, Battlefield be, Earth. Probably better just so All right, like, monkey men, learn how to pilot these Harriers jets in three days. And, and hide them in skyscrapers. Because that works. Also, this nuclear bomb works after 700 years. I'd buy it. Perfect condition. Well, if, if all you need is like a little bit of nuclear fusion to set off the whole atmosphere, yeah, is there an easier way to do that? Uh, it probably would have happened already, Joel. Yeah, since uh, space... Full of radiation? Yes. <laughs> lots of it. That's why the real danger of living on the moon or Mars is, the radiation. is that you would get cancer everywhere because you would be bathed in radiation every day. But the real danger on planet Earth is some stinky dude who doesn't realize he's so stinky he's killing people. <laughs> Man, you really need to take a shower, yo. Yeah, for real. I really feel like this guy could have been defeated with like a hose on spray that just yeah. dampens all the air and stays it out. got like 50 guys holding this garden hose that's like 100 feet long. They're like, okay, charge the hose. <laughs> like reacts like a cat. He's like, water, my greatest weakness. How did you know? But yeah, this, this stink bomb is, uh, is pretty interesting. It's not real. I can't. I don't know. I have a really hard time with comedy in dire situations. Yeah. I can't take it. It's a strange dichotomy. Well, I just. I can't. I don't know. Maybe I just can't see the humor in it, which I think is what they're going for. I mean, I was entertained the whole time, but it, it was. I was really frustrated too. Yeah, you weren't like ha 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 ha. Because at a certain point, like before he's got the electromagnetic field that protects him from missiles, they're like pouring missiles on it, yeah. and I'm sorry. 
I mean, I know it's a cartoon, and the guy's already a, a chemical weapon that produces a cloud of enormous, I don't know, volume. I'm ignoring the amount of biological matter he'd have to consume to produce that much gas. But I gotta believe that one of the missiles would have hit him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, one of the explosions would have yeah. knocked him off the moped. So you figure. But then the funky ska trumpet stuff wouldn't be yeah. nearly as funny. It's madcap. <laughs> and the final short is called Cannon Fodder. And very striking visually. And very, very boring. Indiscernible. I wouldn't even say I was bored I ever. Was bored. I wasn't bored. I was one hundred percent bored. I wasn't as bored as I was at the end of Neo Tokyo. Holy crap, was that boring? Yeah, that's true. With that like the salary men dancing, like, hopping, hopping. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Couldn't get down with that. And maybe I just, I just don't get it. Japan seems to. It reached back to the first like the, the whole style of the, the drawing is uh is kind of rough. And it looks like uh, Russian animation. Yeah, kind of like that. Or have you ever like, seen the movie Wizards? Yeah, it's kind of. It looked a yeah, lot, looks like, a wizards. lot like Wizards. You're th- I think you're thinking mostly like the gas masks and the red uniforms. Oh yeah, but yeah, I hear you. And uh, but they reach back to this whole I don't know First World War German motif with mm-hmm. Kaisers and stuff. Yeah, and I'm just like, man, Japan, you allied with Germany. Yeah, every time. Step too. off. <laughs> Who are you fooling? No, they're pacifists. They've always been pacifists. Didn't Forever. You know? We never even started. A, we don't even know what a war Just is. Just ask America. Southeast Asia. What's a gun? And the Philippines. Yeah. And Formosa. <laughs> Just ask Nanjing. Oh, snap. Too soon? Too soon. It's yeah. like 90 years ago. <laughs> but uh, Still, I bet China's not too happy about it. But I think it's kind of weird that Germany keeps getting beat up for yeah. what happened. I mean, I guess it, it was, I mean, briefly... But the whole military complex, uh, I don't know why people still associate that with Germany. I mean, Russia and even America, to a certain degree, are much more yeah, militarized today. And at the production of this of the anime. Like, yeah, you it was picked, like you'd... 10 years after the Cold War. Yeah. Oh, well, it was like... Less than 10 years after the Cold like War. It was like 95 or 96. It got so that's like, so it's like six years. Yeah, less than a decade. Why not beat up on the Russians? Yeah. They're easy targets. And they're too poor now to say anything bad about you. It's not, Ouch. Like, it's not like cartoons of Muhammad, you know, where the Russians are going to stop buying your dairy products in yeah. Denmark. Mm, we don't like windmills anymore. Everybody still loves Rocky Four, and that makes Russians look like total dicks. That's Oh, yeah, they are Russians. I was just like, I was like no, Dolph Lundgren's Austrian. <laughs> but Bridget Nielsen's pretty hot. She's in that, right? Pretty sure she's his wife. Dolph Lundgren's wife? Yeah. I thought she was just his trainer. Wife. Wife what? and trainer. Wife, wife and, and trainer. PR or whatever. Well, that was actually on last night, and we saw the part where wife Apollo Creed like, gets, gets killed. It, well, we didn't watch that far, but we saw when he gets in the ring with James Brown, and that's like, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I like when he dies, because then it produces one of the greatest Ferrari montages ever, whatever he's driving. Oh, and yeah. No Easy Way Out plays on. They there's have no easy way out. Rocky ding, Four should just ding, be called... There's no shortcut home. The the subtitle for Rocky Four should definitely We've be the montage. this movie. <laughs> no, there's ten montages in that movie. There's yeah. at least four training montages. Yeah, it's well, there's Apollo Creed's training montage, and then Rocky has two at the end of the film. And 
interspersed Hearts throughout. On fire. Strong desire. But interspersed throughout Rocky's training montages are oh. Dolph Lundgren's training Where montages. Where he's running like diagonally up the treadmill. I mean, I thought everything was a montage. Like a dog is eating its food and there's like ten different angles and a, a music background. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's like eating the wet food. Oh, it's crunchy. <laughs> it's, it's got real chicken in it. <laughs> but yeah, that has nothing to do with cannon fodder. Can you tell there's not a whole lot to say about this? So they live in a city whose sole purpose, every citizen contributes to the effort of shelling another city. Which apparently, nobody... It may not exist. Yeah, it probably doesn't, in fact, because there's all these... The city is never hit in all the time that it's shooting. Yeah. And it's just sur- surrounded by this wasteland, the outer reaches of which are obscured by fog. Mm. So there... There's no way that they can verify what they're shooting at or if they're shooting at anyone. And there's... Yeah. Maybe it resonates with me just because I feel like that's kind of the way that... All war is. Yeah. Or the way we live today with, you know, terrorism and everything. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're getting them. We're getting them. Yeah. Getting that (laughs) Al-Qaeda. Getting them. (laughs) Go put them in jail. And I realize that, you know... get all the terrorists in the world and stop them right now. Unlike... Uh, this movie, we can actually prove we're killing Iraqis because a lot of them are dying. <laughs> yeah. However. Just a few. One or two. But yeah, it was just, I don't know. It is kind of a, there's no, it's really hard to figure out what the point of the movie is beyond that broader political statement. Yeah. Because you're not really attached to any of the characters and it's, they're just shooting a big gun. Like, that's the thing, the, the characters' actions do not at all contribute to the core concept of the story. You need to have something that relates... The The idea of the story is immediately obvious. Okay, this town has committed itself to war. This is a bad thing. But then the characters going through their daily lives... Like the dad is one of the loaders for one of the giant cannons. And the son goes to school where all the subjects are... How to load a cannon. Or how to shoot one. Yeah. Fantasizes about being a cannon aimer. No, the guy of, who fires the cannon. Yeah, the guy who fires the cannon. So the guy who loads it. And he draws pictures about war and how great war is. And it's just like, these things are so... Abstract? And redundant. I don't know. It's, they, I just don't feel like they contribute anything to the actual story. Like, you get the idea of it in the first minute, and then it's just like this As soon as the mom serves the coffee... same idea. ...that comes out of, like, the, the breech of a bolt rifle. The oven is like the breech of a bolt rifle. Like, it pops out, and whatever's inside has been heated. And you're yeah. just like, ah, I get it. Okay. And All then, right. Like All right, they, so you're shooting coffee they people. Never, I understand. They never expound on that idea, which is what my problem with it is. Like, it never gets any bigger than that. Well, it's only 50... Yeah, and I mean... you It's like half an hour. That one was a half an hour long? Yeah. Didn't feel that long. Felt that long to me. <laughs> like half a day. It's like, man, half I really want to go eat unlimited sushi, but we got to do this podcast thing. Oh, my gosh. Boring. <laughs> Lame. Uh, you got Magnetic Rose, which is awesome. It's like... One of the best 45 minutes you're ever going to spend. <laughs> Stink Bomb, which is a pretty decent way to kill a half an hour. I mean, the DVD's already in. It's going to be more work to turn it off now. <laughs> and then Cat and Fodder, whatever. They, is that what it's called? Yeah. Which is just like, I don't know. I can totally see somebody writing into us saying, I really liked Cannon Fodder for such and such a reason. I just but feel, I feel like I like, I like the message it's giving, but I feel like there are such better ways to do it than... It's just so bombastic or whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it it's like bombastic the, did you say <laughs> no did you say bombastic <laughs> <laughs> no 
no I just had intended. to make sure that got pointed out. Um, it's just such an obvious way to do it. It's like, war is bad, guys. Look at these guys. All they do is war, and it's bad. It's really bad for them. And this guy's missing teeth and stuff, and they all look so sad and dour. And it's bad, guys. War is really bad. This is... Uh, Cannon fodder is the, co- the most stylistically cool one, though. Yeah, like, Magnetic Rose definitely has some really sweet visuals and a neat style to it. And a but transsexual this one, opera diva. She wasn't transsexual. Looks like a dude. <laughs> if she was transsexual, I'm ashamed. Because now you're gay? Maybe. Check the throat, man. Check the throat. <laughs> yeah, did she have an Adam's apple? Sometimes like, chicks can have that, you run, know. Run your finger across it. <laughs> yeah. Real casual, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, kind of like hit her under the chin. Oh, you've got... So just, hey, you're a dude! I knew it! I knew it! You Why can't you just fool cut me. the sack? <laughs> because then I would have to touch a wine. Ooh, good point. <laughs> This is fast karate for the gentleman. Moving your left toe at the speed of sound. That was awful. That was terrible. terrible. Worst intro ever. Worst ever. Ever. You're off the squad. Take a shower. I gotta go. Clean out my locker. I'm fired. We are moving your body through the fifth dimension. Shit, I used the dimension thing last time too. Okay, focus. <laughs>